Hello, welcome back. This is Engineers. This is actually uh, one of our first lockdown sessions and we've got some fun sessions to come over the days and weeks. We've got some guys in Barcelona, we've got some guys in Amsterdam, some guys in London that are taking the time to talk to us a little bit about what they're building. So we've got the lovely Adnan from Glovo. Adnan's going to tell us a little bit about uh, the Glovo product, machine learning ops. He's going to talk to us a little bit about marketplace optimization. I'm going to let Adnan intro himself. I'm going to follow up with some questions after that. So listen up. If you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to Adnan post this. He's probably the best one to ask those too. Uh, Adnan, do you want to kick us off? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thank you, Elliot. Um, so yeah, so my name is Adnan. I'm currently the director of engineering uh, here at Global, leading the dispatching uh, dispatching division or dispatching cluster. We call them here clusters uh, at Global. Um, yeah, so uh, I joined uh, Global five years ago. Um, I was part of the initial uh, initial team that's uh, started here. It's actually the First engineer uh, after the after the CTO. Um, nice. I've been here uh, for for quite time, like quite long. Um, and uh, yeah, part of the first uh, you know MVP at Global Developer was called Global 1.0. Uh, okay. Yeah, with next versions and uh, yeah, about a couple of things. Uh, been here also during the time uh, we kind of expanded to. We went uh, like international as in like internationally expanded to more countries um and uh and yeah so yeah we, we are here um and i'm um, happy to yeah happy to kick off this elliot let's do it uh offline we've obviously talked a little bit about marketplace optimization and what that means to you so do you want to tell some of the viewers what marketplace optimization means to you and Glovo and some of the teams. Yeah. So as you know, I mean, Glovo uh, is an on-demand uh, delivery company. So what we try to do here is make everything accessible uh, in your city for you. So basically try to move uh, any, any any product or anything from any local place uh, in your city as a, as a consumer with a top of, of button. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it's a type of marketplace. We have like stores, which is restaurant, groceries, pharmacies, you have customers from other side and you have the fleet and the couriers. Um, so in this, uh, in this context that, you know, the, the marketplace part and uh, yeah, obviously here you have supply, you have demand um, and uh, basically here, you know, optimizing like the optimizations uh, of the, like optimizing the marketplace becomes a key problem at scale. Uh, if we again simplify, it's basically what we try to do here uh, is basically satisfy the demand that you have uh, with the resources and the supply you have in a most efficient uh, way. I'm gonna dip the tits into the details uh, later yeah. on, but like um, that's let's go. That's what marketplace optimization is. Yeah. Okay. For anyone listening, um, so you can associate this with other brands, it's a little bit like Postmates over in the states, or it's a little bit like Deliveroo. Yeah, so we, I would say it's like deliver and Uber Eats, but we do more than food. So we basically deliver anything from pharmacies, groceries, even your keys, you can move them uh, across the city. So uh, House keys. Yeah, house keys. 
And seriously, <laughs> it's happened to me a few times. So I lost my keys and I had bring them from the office and I had to amazing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So I mean, it's up to the user at the end. I mean, you can be creative with the service and, you know, use it for different, uh, like for different, like in different uh, use cases. So awesome. Cool. Awesome. Uh, tell us a little bit about what sort of problems you're trying to solve at the moment. And I think what would also be interesting is maybe the trajectory of some of those problems as you've seen some of the scale increase. Yeah. So maybe we start here a bit, uh, like giving a bit of history where global came from and, yeah. you know, uh, and how, you know, problems shaped and evolved, uh, uh, in, in, in the company across this, this year. So, I mean, global starts, uh, so the main, you know, the main, the main, the main focus was like, you know, finding a product market fit and, you know, grow the product, uh, you know, for, uh, like mainly growth, like main focus was growth. So like for customer acquisition, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, bring as many customers as, as you can and as well, yeah. like, you know, expand geographically. So in the beginning, like it was less kind of focus on cost optimization and, you know, making things more efficient. The goal was like, okay, how we can expand and grow as fast as possible. So that's kind of shaped the way how the product and tech was evolving in the first, like, let's say two, three years, uh, something like that. And okay. so my focus from engineering and tech product, the whole company actually is like how we can grow how we can grow more, you know, if our existing markets and also new markets, um, acquiring more users and, uh, yeah. you know, building a future. And actually we did, that's amazing. So I think, uh, you know, given the product we, we kind of came to, um, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, the growth we, we, we achieved, um, and it was, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of, uh, yeah, interesting, uh, you know, and we, we kind of, today we, we have, um, you know, have one like we're customers kind of uh, live love global because of the product we yeah. built and this user experience we provided to them uh, to a product. Yeah, uh, acquisition and retention is unbelievably key. Yeah, right now. Yeah, and that pushed us to do crazy things behind the scenes, like you know, these ideas that look magical that you know they're behind the scenes, a lot of efforts, a lot of things that probably couldn't scale at that moment, but you know. You know, the, like the focus was like, okay, let's satisfy the customer, make yeah. them happy, uh, let's grow as much as we can, and obviously we're gonna get the time, like get to the time to make it scale and make it uh, more efficient. And that's when you know the kind of the focus of the company moved to to that part. Okay, well, so you just went with you went really adventurous with some of the product features that you were trying to build. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, we pushed it to the limit. So yeah, we had like small team, but we were kind of like, we built a lot. So like we started like in the beginning, we started with this little, like, like let's say simple app with two buttons. So you can basically do just two things, move things around the city or just, you know, ask for something to come. Uh, yeah. Was, uh, in Spanish, it's called Quiero, but like order anything. But then okay. we brought it to this sort of marketplace, which kind of like provided like a catalog of stores we called it a wall uh the, the, the world version of global so you go and you find all the stores in your city and you can like stores can integrate with your app and it's evolved uh more with like providing more options and more 
more more more features uh, for customers like tracking your like your grower actually was one of the first features where we did a lot of kind of improvements to that. So yeah, I mean yeah. what I said like in the first two three years, the main main focus was the customer, how we can you yeah. know, acquire more customers, retain them, uh, and grow as fast as we can. Yeah. Okay. So first couple of years, what what followed on from those years? Like I said, with with the trajectory and so much, so many products, so many features, the scale was or is enormous. What sort of problems do you run into now? Yeah. So um, obviously, I mean that was a big success for global to kind of uh, grow that fast, and you know, but uh, in customer base and also ge- like geographically to one. Like we went to twenty. 23 countries and uh and yeah we know that customers liked and loved our products uh yeah that we have a product that customers love and they are willing to kind of stay with it but but yeah then problems uh start arising i mean there are problems that we we kind of decided to kind of ignore them in the beginning and start facing one of them is uh efficiency so okay. um so you know if you can you know efficiency is like how much you can, you know, like how efficient you can utilize the fleets, you know, your couriers uh, in a city yeah. that satisfies match demand as you can have in, you know, on a cost efficient way as fast as possible, providing the best customer experience. So we don't focus a lot on that area. Like in the last uh, two, like year and a half, let's say, uh, the company decided to invest on that and have a team dedicated to this, which is the dispatching team that I'm, I'm, I'm leading. And the main yeah. focus of that team was like, yeah, we want uh, to optimize, uh, we want to increase the efficiency of the fleet. So like to simplify things like efficiency is one, uh, is a KPI we have at Global and it's uh, basically the number of, uh, like it's described as the number of orders a courier can do per hour. And okay. that determines like how many orders a, a courier can do, like how fast you can do them, you know, how fast you can get to the customer, the cancellations, a lot of things that kind of relate to that. To that, uh, let's say, not star KPI, and that's the yeah. mission of that team. Is like, you know, how we can bring that number up and, you know, like uh, push it through technology and products and operations. Okay, do do you or are you allowed to tell us a little bit about some of those numbers and complexity that, at, let's just say, peak times yeah. in some of those cities you might see per hour orders per hour. Um, yeah, so maybe, I, well, yeah, it's not too much to reveal, like, you know, because a lot of problems happen at the local, uh, local scale. So we're talking about, you know, we, we can reach like, let's say thousands of orders per hour in peak hours. Yeah. So during, for example, lunch and dinner time, like we have like thousand, uh, thousand, like thousand, like thousand couriers, thousand orders. Yeah. And, you know, like combinations of how you can you know kind of assign them and which who is doing what are infinite yeah. uh, it's combinatorial it goes like crazy and every single decision makes a difference um so okay it like yeah a key optimization problem to solve here. so if we deep dive a little bit more into those optimization problems how have you actually integrated some of those machine learning solutions that you've built into your products to actually understand, okay, where can we be more optimal? Yeah. So um, maybe I can rephrase a bit that. So probably, you know, like 
you know, here we can we can say is like how machine learning help kind of push that uh, that problem, you know, to limits that wouldn't be possible without without machine learning. And to okay. touch on this, probably we'll take a step back and explain, like briefly, how the you know the the the, the you know how the optimization happened. Um, so you know, basically, as I mentioned, there are not like thousands of couriers in a, in, a, in a city, thousand orders. Yeah. Uh, you try to find you know, the, the best options. So how we solve this problem? So actually, it starts a couple of days before. So there's a like, team called Forecast. I try to kind of uh, know in advance how many orders we're going to have per hour, per per day, and uh, per, per, per city. Yeah. Okay. So um, given that number, we can actually know how many couriers, uh, how many couriers we can we can we can have. So as you know, our fleet yeah. is autonomous, so they're free to kind of like decide. They can decide to work or not. So yeah. we provide them like a sort of a calendar, and we open like we open slots for them. We call them slots, and they can go and say, "Okay, I want to work on this hour and that hour," and uh, and that slot fills based on the numbers that we forecasted. So that happens a couple of days before, and it keeps like continuously, obviously adjusting as new data comes to the platform. And when yeah. the moment comes, a customer places an order. That's the like the fan parts. Uh, so we basically need to find uh, you know for each order who's the fast like what's the fastest way we can deliver it, uh, minimizing okay. different time components. Um, actually, you know we don't solve it at the order level, so we solve it at the city level. So we look at the whole city and said, okay, what's the time? Like we try to optimize what's you know the customer delivery time, the courier delivery time, for example cancellations at the city level for for all the city not like one by one and yeah. uh to do that so this is basically uh this, this is basically an optimization problem here that you can you know formalize it mathematically using operation research techniques okay. and, and stuff and you can simplify it like by saying okay for each order in a courier i will add like we will have a cost and that cost you can define it uh based on your business based on you know things that i mentioned delivery time uh, for the courier, delivery time for the customer, because you will end up impacting his experience, uh, chances of cancellation, chances of rejection, and this sort of things, and also time, uh, how much time, like how much is going to take for the courier to wait at the restaurant. And uh, so you can you can you can notice here I'm talking a lot about time. So a lot of uh, you know a lot of a lot of components, a lot of input that go to this uh, to these cost functions are prediction. So. To be able yeah. to know which delivery is faster, you need to kind of predict how much time does it takes. So you can you can you can think of it as uh, you know like you have a courier, uh, you have two couriers. The, which one can you know uh, arrive faster to the restaurant? Who can fix that? Can pick the order? Uh, like uh, like how much time it would take him to uh, to wait there and pick the order, and how much time it would take him to deliver. Um, so that's the simplest uh, scenario, assuming that the rest, like the food or the, you know, the goods are already are, are already kind of prepared. But you can add yeah. more complexity here, because you know, like we, you know, like saying that you know the food just came to the kitchen and it's going to take more. Like it's going to also take time to 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 get to get ready. So things are not ready yet. And here you can think from use cases: you want a salad or a coke. Versus like you want a pizza or you're ordering, I don't know, uh, sushi that's not already. And times vary from few minutes to 40 minutes. And yeah. you need also to pre like kind of predict the preparation time uh, of that particular order for that restaurant. Incorporate that uh, into that cost function that I mentioned in the beginning. 
and yeah. try to minimize costs. The time it takes for the courier to arrive to the store, the time it takes for him to wait at the store, and the time it takes for him to travel to the customer, and probably the time it would take him to do the second uh, the second order. So a lot of protections here I mentioned. Um, and yeah, that's what we use. Uh, just like kind of, there was machine learning kind of play a big role here, and we have models to protect all of those uh, components. Yeah. The... I, the, the problems that you have to anticipate are, are scary. Uh, are there sub-problems even underneath that, or are they really the basis of some of the problems that you're likely to encounter? Yeah, I mean, like, if you go to each problem, there are actually sub-problems to it. So if you go to each, for example, to each, let's say, preparation time, you just like, super, like you need to classify the restaurants, for example, are yeah. they, you know, like the Italians or, you know, uh, like Mexican food, you know, you know, with the size of the order. So what we call features, uh, machine learning, like for the models, there's called features. So we can incorporate into models to make more accurate predictions. The most yeah. interesting place here is that you try to predict something that you don't have the ground truth for. So yeah. uh, we never, like, it's really hard to know what's happening in the kitchen. And you really know to know, really hard to know when the order is going to be ready. So. It can happen that uh, your motor is off, you know, like it's overestimated, let's say, instead of saying 15 minutes, it takes like one hour and the courier just keeps arriving one hour late and no one knows because uh, there's no, you know, how to get that feedback from the kitchen. So here you need to yeah. work with product. You need to kind of try to, you know, capture that signal from like, let's say from inside the store in a user friendly yep. way or like, you know, in a way that uh, it's easy for the, for the rest of the, for the store and also can be easily incorporated in, 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 you know, that's one problem. Um, if you look at yep. the travel times, obviously makes different if you, you know, traveling with, um, you know, what time of the day, you know, traffic, uh, you need speed. So, you know, it's, uh, we know that, for example, like, you know, in summer, in some cities, things like couriers will start moving faster because the cities are kind of not crowded. People would go for, for, for vacations or, you know, they wouldn't, uh, they didn't go out, like they, they don't go out during the day. So you have to incorporate that signal as well. Um, and weather, um, there are lots of, a lot of things that uh, we kind of incorporate in that. I'm going to ask you two questions, um, kind of at the same time, just because I'm thinking, wow, there is, there is a lot to consider. Um, right at the start of this, we spoke about uh, ML ops or machine learning ops. So how do you deploy some of those solutions that you've created? And you mentioned they're working with product teams. Okay. Um, so how are your teams set up? How do you work with product people that closely? Because there's a ridiculous amount of factors that you've got to take into consideration when you look at an order. So I'm really interested, bring it back. How, how do you deploy some of those solutions that you've built and how are your teams set up? Cool. Yeah, so let's start with the team setup. So at Global, we, we have teams structured around product teams. Um, so effectively okay. each team is kind of focused in one area of the product. In the, the context of marketplace optimization is the dispatching team. Uh, it's structured around three teams, uh, similar to what's uh, like, exactly maps to what I mentioned in the beginning. There's the forecast team, uh, matching team that try to match things and, and the routing. And for each team, we try to put, like bring all the people that can solve that problem. So 
you can think of like data scientists and machine learning experts, software engineers, uh, analysts, product managers, engineering managers, all that, like all what this team uh, needs uh, in terms of, 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 of people, they will be there. So all the problem, like all the people can solve the problem will be bring there. And they work closely with operations people as well. So, because here you need to understand what happened in the, in the ground, yeah. So the, the decision or the like the, the things that you know, deci- decisions that you take are influencing people. So always have to keep this short feedback loop uh, with uh, with uh, with operations in this uh, in this particular yeah. in this particular case. Try right? to learn, you know, why certain things are working away or another. You know, like communicating with operations manager, local operation managers in each city to understand the impact of your features. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that setup helps has to give me, you know, like short feedback loops. Um, so all the people kind of closely working, um, together, yeah. so all the models are taken care of by our machine learning data scientists. Um, so the, basically the people who are iterating that model and trying to make them more accurate, even bringing new models, uh, to projection to solve, like, you know, as I said, uh, sub problems, uh, problems and sub problems, uh, in this case, so how you know how how machine learning works? So for all those problems that I mentioned in the thing, like predicting preparation time, yeah, predicting travel times, um, predicting like forecasting the demand and supply, so they solved at the city level. So each city kind of had like its own models trained in its own data. So yeah, in context. Uh, so at global, uh, we have around let's say three hundred cities. So. For each use case, we have 300 models uh, in, in, in productions, and those models okay. are deployed or retrained every week. Um, so every time we have a feature, it's added mostly to all all the models. We track them, uh, we track their errors. They're like on monitoring. We even deploy them, uh, you know, in a weekly basis. I mentioned, or even you know, when we do new iterations uh, on them, we kind of. Uh, a similar thing happens uh, happens here. Obviously, I mean, you cannot have people just behind laptops deploying these models uh, yeah. because uh, manually we're here, MLOps play a big role. So all of that, we try to automate it. So we have like a third team here, which is outside of, of this patching. It's called machine learning platform. And that team kind of supports that science is bringing them, like giving them tools to basically automate, you know, the low level work for them. So if you talk about deploying models, so this, this team will kind of give them like pipeline, like tooling to basically do that okay. automatically. You know, yeah, it's let's say it's Monday, training will trigger, the model will be ready, a report will be sent. If there are like any any errors, uh, they will be kind of uh, sent to the to the people concerned. Um, obviously, you know, still today, you still have the final check from 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 the from the data scientist to to kind of say okay it's okay to go to production we're also planning to kind of yeah. eliminate that improvement like the only thing because like those models are critical so once a final uh, someone to drop a look at that then they will like confirm it and the deployment will happen uh, automatically so uh, we do a rollout of, of, of those of, of those models obviously there's a lot of monitoring around it of so, you know things like infrastructure uh or yeah. low level like memory you know cpu usage latencies uh throughput and this sort and also business metrics and business alerts like you know in the context of preparation time you will try to know like try to kind of monitor what is the average preparation time of that given city you expect it to be in some numbers if it goes crazy for example if the pizza used to be 20 minutes and suddenly you did a change and you know it started taking like predicting two hours obviously an alert will go off automatically yeah 
and someone has to jump uh, jump into it and look at that. And obviously, there are like mitigations that we can we can we can do there. Um, so yeah, I'm doing the whole process uh, since this is like a lot of models going to productions, a lot of iterations happening. We try to push for automation and as as much as, as we can. And that what uh, I mentioned about the machine learning platform team. Uh, yep. kind of provide the tooling for data scientists to kind of automate this part of the work. Nice. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit about, or tell the audience as well, a little bit about um, some tooling and technologies that you use in the dispatching team and I guess how you best leverage some of those at times. Yeah. So uh, we, we actually, yeah. So, I mean, the models that we, we kind of got, I mean, the typical data science toolkits, it's Python. Uh, it's a lot of Python happening there. Uh, we actually leverage AWS and uh, yeah, we use SageMaker internally to kind of expose the APIs for, for, for productions. In terms of libraries, depends on, on, on the cases, a lot of, uh, a lot of like things like XGBoost, uh, like GPM. Uh, the different libraries are being used by by by, by data scientists, uh, data science team, and yeah. everything like the model at the end is a, is a, is a is a binary a Python like a binary file um, wrapped behind an API. We deploy it uh, as a black box and try to kind of monitor the metrics over that. Uh, we have our observability system um, yeah. here, um, and yeah, so that's the typical thing. So. Each kind of use case is deployed in isolation. So, you know, operation time are separated from the rest of sort yeah. of like microservices architecture, let's say. Um, and uh, and the, yeah, and the other parts of the world, like consumers of those machine learning models. So you have, uh, you know, the, the, the matching engine. Uh, we have a name for here. We call it Jarvis. <laughs> it's coming from Jarvis, Jarvis. or Jarvis. So it's uh it's 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 coming from the Iron Man movie. So that you know the, okay. uh, the suitcase. <laughs> so the like the suit of of, of 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 Iron Man, that smart intelligence system that tell you what to do. So we gave it love it. Uh, we when we build it. Uh, can you take the glory for that name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can take the glory for it. Now we are, it was me and the, the other person we developed yeah. the first version. Nice. Uh, so I mean, we dropped it, but then it became you know like a kind of a famous name, uh, famous name there. And uh, and yeah, so um, so yeah, that's the system that consumes that. In terms of scale, I mean, you know, we're talking about like thousand orders, thousand couriers, and you need yeah. to look like you know, like most of the cases you need to look at you know the different like possible combinations between. Uh, those orders and, and couriers and we're talking about million productions per per, per minute for those machine learning, yeah. machine learning models so really really high throughputs um uh in their like milliseconds of latency kind of uh kind of play you know can change things uh dramatically so i have like you know like slas and slows around that so we expect our models to be fast uh like really low latency uh, yeah. in that um, a lot of caching happening to avoid uh, to avoid um, you know uh, repetitive productions um, and yeah and uh, and yeah so that's the consumer part of this machine learning models as well like the matching engine itself is quite a complex uh, problem so it's a lot of mathematics and also operation research as I mentioned so uh, kind of uh, you know as 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 as, as, as an optimization problem so. Um, can just find solve it with like you know 
uh, user linear programming. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and the interesting thing is like, you know, you need to shard, like you should need to kind of split your problems per city. So if that problem is being solved, let's say. By the localization the is just, yeah, it's mad. Yeah. There's so much. Yeah. If I'm, yeah. And you need to kind of make it sculptor and highly available. And yeah. at the same time, you don't want to, you know, two agents, let's say two processes trying to find a solution, like, like making the decisions about your city at the same time, because one, you know, one, 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 uh, one solution can, can, can give you, you know, can oh. give you one, one output. My light. Yeah. So my light's gone funny. It's <laughs> all right. We'll leave it. There we are. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I think you're gonna you know cut this from the picture no 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 i'll leave it i'll leave it yeah great so uh, it's uh yeah so as i said so if you have two uh, two solutions coming at the same time that will probably give you the wrong results so um as i said like uh, you know like you ensure at any given moment of time like one worker or one agent is making the decision about your city and if that worker or that's uh process fail someone can recover so you know distributed locking here uh, okay. uh making this scale per seat like you know across across the globe come like come interesting um behind the scenes i mean there's nothing really complex or really kind of you know built on top built as on top of mysql uh with java um you know uh playing around with thread pools and you know about a sort of an in-house custom distributed lock um, that we kind of, uh, it's working now, obviously a lot of iterations you don't talk yep. about it, uh, to, to, to make it scale and obviously like always kind of uh, the focus of, of, of the team. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say there's too much complexity or much like we, we tried, like we didn't bring a lot of uh, you know, complex or fancy solutions. Uh, we believe on keeping it, uh, keeping things simple um, yeah. and, and fall back to our traditional uh, it it seems that way you know it's uh, it's really refreshing actually to listen to you and you use the word iterate a lot and uh, you're always thinking back to your roots and why you've built this so uh, are you able to give us any indication as to maybe how you look at your data and continue to be more optimal with what you're doing is it is it data driven is it emotionally driven you know how do you look at things and think we need to make that better yeah so in general global i believe that we have a strong data-driven culture so most of the decisions are being taken within a technology or business yeah. mainly driven by data and that's actually cascade to you know like to all to all the team so you know, what we do, I mean, obviously in the marketplace optimization, the problem solving is a lot of mathematics and things, but you still need to apply them on, on real world, right? So, and you don't, yeah. you know, when you apply machine learning on those problems, uh, algorithms, you, you don't know what's the reaction of the people and like uh, with this, the reaction of couriers and customers. And, um, and yeah, you never know that. And that play a big part of, of, of the problem here. So what what we do is like within the team itself whenever there's an idea coming so and uh, actually ideas can come from everywhere from operation team business yeah for me within the team from a learning that the team got from previous uh previous features we challenge we really challenge ourselves what we can do less to prove that this is working or not 
So what, okay. you know, what's the MVP, you know, MVP version could look like? What's the, you know, how we can minima minimize waste and like spend less time, you know, implement that feature, improve its working. And then, okay, you know, either it's, 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 the, you know, it's the correct, like it's the, the right way of doing it and we can iterate and improve it. Or maybe we have a learning and we can pivot and move to something, something else. So this is also like actually within the team, we've always had this, whenever something new comes and especially in the product discovery and exploration phase, um, what's, you know, what we can do to prove, what's the minimum thing we can do to basically prove that this is working. And it comes, for example, to machine learning, machine learning uh, problems like, okay, what's the simple standard? model we can put in production, have a baseline, we can understand what's happening, and then probably we can iterate. Wanna put a feature, uh, a feature in the, you know, a new feature for, for the engine to start, let's say, you know, uh, kind of uh, like, let's say, you know, we want, for example, to make a difference between cold, like perishable food and non-perishable food. Uh, yeah. Instead of developing some fancy, let's say, um, a fancy algorithm that kind of captured that, Let's do it manually first, uh, you know, flag it and see, you know, if that's going to add, you know, like, uh, uh, like, uh, make a difference or not. And you get tons of learnings there with minimum investments. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I think it's part of the DNA of global. So it's always been the, okay. the case and it's played big role of the way how we do things here. Uh, it's a great culture catching, yeah. to have. It's such a good culture to have. One of the last questions that I want to ask you, I, genuinely, it's been fascinating listening to you, understanding more. What, what do you wish that you know now that people listening to this can get a lot of value from you from, whether it's um, failures that you've had an opportunity to learn from, implementing things and seeing things go wrong, but... What value can people take away from this or maybe what principles or ethos is that you guys continually run on when building in your teams? Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think one of the biggest learning we have within this part, like the part of the, of the, of the, of, of, of the problem, especially optimization of marketplace, it's, yeah, it's full of like algorithms, machine learning, you know, machine learning uh, problems and, and things. And now, you know, get people excited about it. And yeah. yeah, you go there, you don't optimization. It's mathematical one plus one equal two. And the biggest learning, you know, how Glow is like, is like, you know, in, in, in the beginning is like when you go to real life and you put it in the ground, it's, you know, you're like, things go differently, you know, people may react the way they expect them to react to them, even if you go show them the right information or the accurate information. Uh, for like, a, as, as an example, like I can give you a simple example, like we try some moment to have as a simple feature for, for our kitchens or our restaurants to basically kind of declare when the food is, is, is ready. Team was excited that, you know, capturing the signal, we will know exactly when the restaurant will We'll basically uh, we'll basically have the order or the ready so the courier can comes and picks this, and yeah, we did that. I uh, started kind of rolling it out. What we realized later is that people are not using the button. Yeah, so we realized one of the learnings was uh, at that moment um, it's like you know 
kitchen would be busy. There's like tons of orders coming, coming to you. The last thing, and you know, maybe you also have local, like locally in the restaurant, you have other people uh, sitting around, and the kitchen is kitchen is super busy, highly saturated. The last thing you would think is go to a tablet and click that button. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it was kind of you know frustrating because you know, like the team invested some time putting that feature. They proved that. It's, it's not always a big learning because, you know, before it's always can do fancy, cool stuff. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the way how people or humans react to it make a huge difference. And yeah, and you always try, you need, you need to make, you know, you need to find ways how you can, you know, include that part in your experimentation as well. You really need to stress test things like that. You, you almost need to be... Uh, in the restaurant, cooking the food and going through that process. It'd be interesting to know if anyone actually has at Glovo, to be fair. Um, but you almost need to be in the restaurant uh, yeah. doing that job and going through that process to understand how someone yeah. thinks. And that's actually how we started encouraging our, yeah, start kind of like, you know, working with the teams to make them go through experiences like that. So for example, yeah. within the team, we try to do like workshops with, with their operations team, you know, customer support, even go and do local visit to restaurants uh, and, and, and see how they do things, how they work with staff. It was a big learning. Yeah. And we started doing it, we started learning a lot. Like, you know, if people think, you know, uh, differently about certain problems and we realize that certain features might not make sense or certain you know, uh, problems probably they are not fits for that, yeah. uh, for those use cases. So yeah, it shaped as well, like the way how we do kind of product discovery, how we involve engineer, yeah. data scientists, analysts in those problems and how we work together uh, with, with, you know, with, with people in the crowd to, to properly solve the yeah. problems. Uh, and talking to people over the years, I think in their product discovery piece, what they think they're building that is relevant for people is you know it's it's on a spectrum like either it's just marginally off or so off you know what what actually happens when someone's using their product yeah definitely um, i agree last last question well it's not necessarily a question but um this is for you guys the amazing team at glovo um to be able to i guess showcase a little bit about some of the roles that you're hiring for. So anyone listening that is in Barcelona or thinking about moving to Barcelona, uh, do you want to just give us a quick insight into what you're hiring and why maybe someone should come and join? Obviously all the fantastic things that they've heard yeah. over the last half hour, but what are you hiring for? Yeah, we're looking, I mean, across global, we're still growing the team. Uh, we're still like looking to grow the team and go, uh, you know, we like, uh, grow it significantly over the next uh, few months. Around, around, let's say, I think around probably 200 engineers. I want to get, uh, we're going to get more, more, more folks. Um, so, bench of roles open. Uh, so, looking for engineering managers across different, uh, different teams from you know customer experience partners, uh, couriers, even dispatching here, um, and you know for, for people with experience in, uh, you know, like like working with large scale systems, um, uh, working tech companies, startups, uh, you know, entrepreneurship mind, 
like my, my mindset, uh, willing to kind of, uh, you know, be, you know, kind of, uh, be parts of, uh, like full kind of autonomous product team working with different people, not only engineers, um, and, you know, and help us as well grow the team. So as you said, like we're growing significantly the team. So a lot of things changing, a lot of things yeah. happening at the same time with, with our processes, with our like methodologies. So you get a chance as well to influence just sort of things. We are, you know, like you're, whether you're an engineer or an engineering manager. Um, so yeah, open for bench of roles, I said, like engineering managers, data scientists, machine learning people, um, software engineers. So yeah, drop a look at global uh, jobs website. I'm sure we're gonna find, uh, you know, a role that fits you. And yeah, happy to, to yeah, talk to you. Um this this has been really really insightful i've thoroughly enjoyed it i've thoroughly enjoyed it um everyone that's listening you obviously had some fantastic insights from the guys at glover and barcelona uh, if you're looking for a job go and talk to these guys go and talk to adnan on linkedin connect with him and i'm sure he'll direct you to the right place as well or maybe talk to their talent and hr team um, from us at Engineers, give us a like, give us a share. If you're really interested in talking to us about your journey, uh, we'll make the time. You know, we, we want to represent brands and we want to talk about some of the really, really cool things that you guys are doing. And come with us uh, and talk to us about something that you want to share that people can learn from. That's the most important thing. We're creating a sharing platform. So, Please do that, and you're going to see some more lockdown sessions from us. So it's bye for now. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching this episode. Uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us. If you want to find out more about us and what we're doing, please check us out on social media. What we're trying to do at Engineers is build a community to drive knowledge, sharing, and experiences. On Twitter, we can be found at Engineers.io. It's no underscore. We've also got a website which is engineers.io. These links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.